and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. Today is a really special episode. It's going to be episode six. I have my greatest friend Patrick with me today. He's been my friend for pretty much my entire life. He has a very interesting concept to talk about today. We're basically going to go back and forth and talk about, you know, how gay men aren't really represented in pop culture nowadays via music. You know, we don't have people like David Bowie and, uh, Elton John, all those sorts of people in our generation, we had them back long ago, but we don't have them in the 2000s. And he wanted to talk about how he finds solace in people like Lana Del Rey and Grimes and Lady Gaga and all of these pop presences today and how they're just really predominant in the LGBTQ community and how he just feels more represented by the females in pop music than men in pop music because, to be honest, there really aren't any as we come to figure out. We have Frank Ocean, but that's really it. We don't have anybody like Elton John nowadays. We don't have anybody like David Bowie. So right now we're just going to get right into it. There's no script for this. There's there's nothing. It's just me and Pat just talking about the things that he loves and he loves he loves a different type of genre of music than I do, which is awesome. I love punk music. I love alternative music. I love pop music as well, but he's more into the electronic. He's more into the pop. He's more into, you know, he's into indie as well, but it's just so cool to have different people and different perspectives on music. So without further ado, here we are, me and Pat. Say hello. Oh, hello. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. It's wonderful to be here. This is my first podcast, and <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> All right, like Sam was saying, how, you know, we go, a lot of, t- there isn't many forms of representation within pop media or just media in general for the LGBT community, so you see a lot of LGBT people looking towards these women for strength, and we have, you know, people throughout the ages like Cher and Madonna who maybe not flat outright supported the community, but challenged and sexual norms and sexuality and kind of gave the okay for people to be more, for people to be who they are and give them somebody at least to look up to who they didn't really have. Should I just get into it then? Just get right into it. All right. So the people who I really wanted to talk talk about today were Grimes and Lana Del Rey specifically because these are two people in the alternative pop landscape who really defy all odds and are proud of their independence and what they do and kind of have their hands in every part of production when it comes to music or film or video and you know these are two people who either write they write all their own lyrics, they sing on all their own songs. Grimes produces all of her own songs, which is almost unheard of in the music industry, especially because it's so male-dominated, and you have somebody like Grimes who independently produces everything and reaches out to all of her features personally without help of a label, and then even goes on to direct and produce all of her own music videos. And this all stems from this feeling of empowerment that she hasn't felt before, and she finally just got fed up with having people try to tell her what her music should be, what her art should be, especially with something like art that's so personal and so uniquely individual, individualistic and so you, to have somebody say, well, I know that's what you want to do, but you can't and you shouldn't. So she kind of took that and flipped it on its head, especially with her most recent release, Art Angels, which is was completely independently produced. And especially for somebody who is so... who prides herself on being so independent, she also struggles with, you know, people still to this day bullying her, especially before the release of Art Angels, where 
people didn't like the way she was going in her new sounds and they didn't trust her and for and basically forced her to scrap an entire album because of it which was devastating i'm sure for a lot of people and yeah from then on you know she made almost a vow to herself to not go go with the grain yeah to invent to take her invent her own path really and that's and what came out of that was a very unique new sound and album and way of producing that you know i'm sure a lot of people will follow in the future and not only empowers women but empowers everybody because especially somebody like grimes who identifies as queer and gender bending you know she doesn't stick to any type of norm she's just non-binary exactly she's an she's an alien (laughs) that's what she describes herself as yeah uh art angel is really interesting because art angel is something that if i were to ask pat to describe it he probably wouldn't be able to pinpoint something like if i asked you what does art angel sound like in this day and age what would you compare it to you probably couldn't compare it to anything. You can't. That you can't. She is an alien. It, a lot of times, people define her genre as alien pop, which what the fuck is? That? <laughs> <laughs> she invented. You know, she invented her own genre of music, which I think is incredible. And you know, as as someone who is a female, I I think that's fucking awesome. You know, to be able to be in this generation and invent something that is completely her own. You know, we have people like Lady Gaga, and we have people that are in the forefront. But to have somebody like Grimes, who's kind of in the underground, essentially, she has her own genre, and I think that's incredible. And Pat and I were just discussing before this that he wanted to talk about one of her videos and what it represents and what it means to him. So I'd really love for you to talk about the video that you just showed me. Sure, I would love to get into it. Um, Specifically, her song Oblivion from her album Visions, which definitely put her on the mainstream pop map. Um... And it's basically a song about how she's taking back her own, she's taking back the night after being mugged and how she is fearful of masculinity, especially as a woman, especially as a very petite woman who doesn't identify with a certain gender or sexuality. And, you know, she appears as female, though. She appears as female, but I think that's really just because... That's just the way that she just looks. But yeah, no, somebody, like, walking down the street, they would be like, oh, that is a woman. Exactly. That is, yeah, they were definitely... She definitely looks female, but, yeah, it's really about, you know, the fear of well, going out at night alone, which is what pretty much every woman has this... identifies with. Um... There's not a single woman on this planet, I think, who doesn't feel some type of fear going out alone, especially at night. And after what, what Grimes went through with somebody mugging her and assaulting her, how scary it must be to actually put yourself back out there. But she does so in a way through art and using and expressing herself through her art, where she puts herself in these situations in the music video at very masculine events such as football and football games and motocross and just inserting herself in a place where a woman might feel uncomfortable but standing her ground and taking back her you know her identity and her bravery and even within the lyrics you can hear her fear especially in the beginning where she says another walk about after dark it's my point of view if someone could break your neck coming up behind you, you always coming and you never have a clue. You know, this is something I think that not only do does everybody kind of have a fear of, but specifically women, and it's kind of even hard to decipher because Grimes' sound is so dreamy and maybe her voice, you know, she does have a lisp and <laughs> her voice is very high-pitched and pixie-like, but really listen to them and you can feel her fear and feel her taking back her independence which spans her entire career as a musician you know it um she went from relying on people's approval and especially a man's approval to completely becoming an independent artist in every way shape or form and she just really takes it back She's just like, there's a couple artists that do everything themselves, you know, like, uh, we're going to talk about Charlie XCX in a minute. Um, We're going to touch on her. Pat loves Charlie XCX. 
I love Charlie XEX. She's one of those people that takes everything and does everything herself. And I think Grimes also follows that formula. And I think that's incredible. And it's just, like Pat was saying, her her way about her is very dreamy and very pixie-like. When he was showing me the video, I didn't know what it was about because it looked like very fun, very happy. It didn't seem like it was about something traumatic. Like, I was... I'm going to do a review on the new Paramore record, but there's a song called Hard Times on it. It's the lead single from their new record, After Laughter, that came out yesterday. We're recording on May 13th. It came out yesterday, May 12th. A lot of stuff happened yesterday. I'm going to get into that. But uh, Hard Times is about Haley Williams uh, struggling with depression and struggling through a hard time. But the video, she's very 90s and very dreamy and very you know, dancey, but the lyrics, when you get down to her, it's, she's talking about not wanting to die and talking about having a hard time and dealing with that depression. And I think Grimes is also trying to have that same formula. But like I was saying before, you don't know what to call her music. So the video is just... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we sometimes forget that, you know, people not only make music for us, but people make music for themselves as a form of self-expression and to get through emotional times. And yeah, you know, we have many, many mainstream people who literally plead for help through their music, but we're kind of, we are almost distracted by the glamour and the production and the fast pace and poppy beats. But that's where I think, you know, really listening to music instead of just putting it on the background comes into play. Like, just sit down and listen to the lyrics sometimes, and you'll find, you'll learn a lot about that person. And, yeah, even, you know, Grimes has a song, Flesh Without Blood, about how she watched pretty much the love drain and disappear from her significant other, and how much it hurt, and how he just became this vessel. And she watched it happen, how somebody, how painful, you know, somebody falling out of love with you can be and just watching it happen not being able to do anything about it it's very emotional we're definitely going to talk about lemonade and we're definitely going to talk about beyonce in this episode because she's such a prominent force in pop music and especially lemonade is an album and pat and i found find very strong feelings in that record and i'm contemplating buying it on vinyl because even though it's 30 dollars, i still think i need it but um definitely love grimes definitely love what she's doing and I, do you have anything else to say about Grimes? Not really about Grimes, but just about um, the pop landscape in general and how we entered almost a new renaissance of pop with people who take pop and take something that was, you know, for years called vapid and shallow and turning it into something emotional with a lot of depth. And, like, you have Beyonce, you've got, have a woman who's done wrong and, you know, she makes an album about it and she makes a beautiful work of art out of it, but you still have people you know, discrediting her and her emotions just because of who she are, who she is and how she's, you know, she, what we call perfect and people label her as all these things, which she flat out, you know, says that she's not. And it's just how we impose and project all of our ideas onto these women role models. And, you know, sometimes they're, you have, when you get down to the core of it, they're just people trying to work through trauma. Like Britney Spears. Like, if you yeah. even want to touch on Britney Spears for just a quick second, you know, Britney 2007, you know, that breakdown. Yeah. Uh, I only found out maybe, like, two, three years ago that where that breakdown came from. She was fed up with, uh, it was about somebody wanting to cut her hair or something. And she says, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. And then she just shaved it, something like that. And I just found out about that, like, two years ago. And this happened in 2007. Yeah, no, Britney is definitely the poster child for the pop machine, and they took a little girl who was very talented, and, you know, they molded her into a sex symbol at such a young age, and it was always, Britney, do this, you have to do this this way, you know, we're gonna, you're gonna have to look like this, you, you can't be a virgin, like, you have to be a virgin at the same time, though, like, you have you know. to be a virgin, but you can't look like a virgin. Exactly. But like, and then the same thing with Christina Aguilera. I saw I saw a VH1 special about her and how her whole fame came to be and everything. It's just I just wanted to touch on that for a second because you were mentioning the pop machine and Britney Spears immediately comes to mind, especially yeah. because so many gay men that I know personally worship Britney Spears for many reasons, but basically because she's the pop idol of our generation. You yeah. know, she came out in the 90s when we were kids. I was five years old and I had all her dolls. Lucky was my favorite song. So 
great song. It's a great song. <laughs> but Britney Spears is definitely one of those people that the mental breakdown she had in 2007, it's joked about and it's memed a lot, but also a lot of people identify with it now. You know, she just got fed up with people telling her what to do. And she said, fuck it. I'm doing, I'm shaving my head and I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm attacking this paparazzi. Yeah. And sometimes we see like this re like this reclaiming of identity and we see that as like we call it a mental breakdown or something, or we give it another name, but these are just people who, you know, for a majority of their life, you know, they weren't allowed to be the person they were and they were, had to be a different person. And it's not, they, they couldn't even say no because they were contractually bound, you know, they're, bound by money and family and fans and the law. You know, you get out of contract and you get them sued for millions, so... For, for sure. Yeah. Like, like Brittany probably felt that that was her only time to really break away. Like, it took her... She I think she was in her late 20s to, to 30s when that happened. And mm-hmm. to be in the, the spotlight that predominantly for probably like 10, 15 years at that yeah. point, she just had enough. And I totally congratulate her and she seems to be doing uh really really well you know she's she's got kids now she's the vegas show show is ending though Uh, she's she's getting rid of the vegas show well good for her for doing it (laughs) i mean as long as she's doing it on her own terms (laughs) but even now like remember her vma performance like her comeback performance where she looked quote-unquote really bad because she looked you know out of shape and she looked like she wasn't dancing and everything i mean she was probably heavily heavily medicated you know i'm sure she was a lot of people say that britney is heavily medicated now or at least she was and they just like make her do stuff it's like she's a puppet yeah and it just proves the the pop machine is a real living breathing thing but we have artists like beyonce who are taking it back who are saying no i am the machine yeah and i'm going to turn it on its head i've one, I've seen many a Beyonce interview where she says her goal in life is independence, and you know she is a type. She's a woman who doesn't want people making decisions for her, like all of us. Nobody really wants other people making decisions for us, and she wants to have a hand in everything, whether it's from the lighting of her stage or the sounds on a record, or a lyric, or you know what people perceive of her. She is the, she is Beyonce, the whole entity. Like, she is the mastermind behind everything. And I'm kind of uh, sick and tired of people saying that Beyonce can't be a feminist or she can't be certain things because she's married. And apparently, if you're a feminist, you can't be married because apparently, you know, that means that you're letting a man control you. And I think that Beyonce is incredible for putting that to rest and being like, no, nobody controls me. My husband does not control me. I am, I am my own person. You know, yeah. I'm going to run my, my machine. And when Lemonade came out, I think everybody was pretty surprised because it basically opened those doors wide open. And Pat and I have had many conversations about whether or not it was all for record sales or if it was a real story. Like, did she really have all these problems in her marriage or was she just trying to sell records? Either way, it's incredible. It's a great album. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think that you know, my initial reaction, because I watched the HBO special when it aired, my initial reaction, you know, this is a woman who has experienced trauma and is working through it the only way a lot of people know how to, which is art, you know. Personally, as a writer, that's how I work through a lot of my emotions, and I can relate with anybody who does the same. And I kind of hate the fact that people would take somebody's misfortune like that and for them trying to recover in their own way and turn it into a very shallow thing and be and tell say that you know somebody she's just trying to capitalize on her own pain which what type of masochistic person would try to do that you know like this is a woman who's bearing her soul to you who has so long been revered as this untouchable example of perfection being vulnerable and saying that I'm not perfect and things are going to happen to me and to anybody else and that's fine it's okay to forgive it's okay to work through it and then well it's even so i was telling you before that people are mad about her being in uh people are praising her for doing certain things because she's pregnant with twins you know when she was seven months pregnant and everybody was applauding her for being on a red carpet and for being at an award show dancing and people 
criticized her and was like, what's so fucking special about Beyonce? You know, nurses are, are pregnant and they work all the time. You know, I, I work at a dental office and one of the doctors that I work for is a woman and she was in labor while she was finishing a filling. She even called a prescription on her way to the hospital. And, you know, I, I've said it before. I said it when uh, Caitlyn Jenner came out as trans and Caitlyn Jenner is a different issue that I'm not going to get into now. But when she came out as trans and before she was a terrible menace to society, she, um, people were criticizing her and how they were saying that she wasn't brave and that people were brave that lost limbs in the army and this, that, and the other thing. And they were comparing bravery. Well, the same thing. You're not, how are you comparing two pregnant women? Like, how, how dare you compare, like, somebody who had a miscarriage that is carrying twins, how is she less than or greater than somebody who is a nurse? You know, why are, why are we saying, you know, Beyonce is not that special, but also why are we saying Beyonce is special? You know, I only defend Beyonce because she did have a miscarriage and, you know, she deserves to be celebrated for having twins. I think that's an incredible thing. And also... She didn't ask to be praised like that. She just happens to be a famous person in the spotlight that she didn't ask for. You know, I even mentioned to you before we started recording that Kim Kardashian is another one. I know we're getting a little off topic, but Kim Kardashian is somebody that kind of fell into fame. You know, yes, she made a sex tape, but it didn't have to go public. The only reason why she's famous is because she capitalized on something really shitty that happened to her. You know, I'm sure she wouldn't have sought out fame if she didn't have that happen to her. So it's just... I don't know why people have to criticize others for stuff that they're not in control of. Like, why are we criticizing people celebrating Beyonce? But why are we celebrating Beyonce? You know, I, it's just, that's just all I wanted to say about that Beyonce miscarriage yeah. situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you can compare somebody who is in the public eye like Beyonce with, you know, I mean, special circumstances. I think any woman who chooses to you know, go out or work or do anything while they're carrying a child is, you know, that's their choice. It's not endangering anyone's health unless they're pounds of beers at a bar and someone's... Smoking packs of cigarettes at a time. smoking a doobie, like, while the paparazzi are taking pictures. But, you know, these are... You're comparing women who... Are doing the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, who work. They, They need to work. You know, these people, like, these women... You know, they need to support. They're having kids, and they're working because they need to support that kid they're having. So how are you going to look at somebody and tell them, oh, why, like, you're you're a bad mother because you're working while you're pregnant. I don't, it's I just it's don't under understand. contract. She's obligated to. Like, there's a, there's a picture. Uh, I got into a Facebook fight this morning about... Um, Someone posted a picture that's that Beyonce looks incredibly tired and obviously so pregnant at a courtside at a NBA game, it looks like. And she just looks miserable and she doesn't really look like Beyonce. She kinda looks, you know, I guess bad, you would say, even though I don't think she looks bad, but she's people pregnant. Yeah, but she's pregnant. <laughs> she just looks tired and just like yeah. sick of it and doesn't want to be there. Do people not know what happens to women when they get pregnant? I guess not. What do, they, what do they think they stay the same size and same <laughs> No, your whole body literally changes. It's like, just like a every mess. single atom of you changes. <laughs> but she was trying to say that, you know, it's a luxury for her to be able to go to an NBA game and was under the impression that Beyonce had already given birth and all this stuff. And I got into a war with her and I was like, listen, maybe she's obligated to go to that game. Maybe she has to, you know, show presence, you know? It was just yeah. ridiculous. Or maybe she just wanted to do it. Or maybe she just wanted to do it. I mean, listen, Jay-Z wasn't with her, so maybe he's watching yeah. Blue. Why be punished for doing something that you want to do? <laughs> right? So, before we get into the second half, which I'm going to dub it, where we're going to talk about Lana Del Rey in depth, and we're also going to touch on Beyonce, Charlie XCX, and Lady Gaga, and all of those other women, I'm going to play the first song of the episode, which is by a artist. Her name is Tilly. I found her because one of my friends that I follow on... Uh, Twitter actually her name's Ashley Osborne she's a really cool music photographer she's actually shooting the video for Tilly I don't remember what song she's gonna do but she's recording a video for her uh, the song I'm gonna play is from it's just a single right now it's called pink and blue it's off just it's just a single right now there's no record that it's from it came out a month ago so it came out in 2017 it's a really good song. I immediately contacted her to use her music. She answered me right away. She called me sweetie. I loved it. And I'm just really, 
I, I'm really stoked on her because, especially for this episode, because I told Pat I wanted to get an artist or a band that's given me permission to go with the theme of this episode, and we were we were talking about it and talking about it, and I forgot that I had asked Tilly if I can use her music, and she kind of goes along with the theme of the electronic vibe and everything, and I always like to put music that matches kind of the tone of the episode, at least the first song of the episode. So without further ado, this is Pink and Blue by Tilly from the 2017 release that's just of the single. You're from the blueprints to our future house. Down to the pain has got it all sketched out. Tilly. The song is called Pink and Blue. It's her new single, actually, and it's really cool, really great artist. I think you guys should definitely check her out. She has a SoundCloud page, actually, under Who Is Tilly, and she also has a website, I believe, that whoistilly.com. You can check her out on Twitter. You can check her out on SoundCloud. You can really check her out anywhere. She's an incredible person. She's really sweet. Like I said, she got back to my email immediately, and I just really like her, and I can't wait for her new music, and I can't wait to see if she releases Pink and Blue on an album, or even if she just produces it as a standalone single. I think it's a great song. And whatever she chooses to do with it, I, I love her music, so I support her no matter what. So getting back to the second half of this episode, which is what I'm dubbing it, even though it's not completely two halves, but uh, we wanted to talk about Lana Del Rey, or at least Pat wants to talk about Lana Del Rey, because she is definitely one of his favorite female pop artists, or I'm going to call her a pop artist, but I don't know if we can really call her pop, but he loves Lana Del Rey. He knows a lot about her. I don't really know a lot about her. Um, we were discussing her, I think over a year ago, we were out to dinner and I said, I'm definitely going to check out Lana. I'm definitely going to get into her. And he said, oh, Lana's not for everyone, you know? And I totally agree. I, 
I've listened to her music and I know a lot of people love her and I just can't get her vibe, you know, and it's unfortunate because I think she's really cool. And something that I definitely wanted to talk about that I want Pat to respond to is there was an article. Um, I was looking up Lana Del Rey a couple of weeks ago in preparation for an, another episode because after my last episode, I was stuck for ideas on how to go about another episode. I wanted to record, but I didn't know what to talk about. So I was looking up Lana Del Rey and I found this article about how she quote unquote trashed feminism. And an interviewer had asked her, I believe it was for thefader.com, they asked her about it and she said, you know, feminism is just so boring to me. It doesn't interest me. You know, there's so many other things that we can talk about, like space and intergalactic um, things and all of that stuff. And science is science is cool, basically, is what we were uh, getting at. But she basically said that feminism doesn't interest her. And then um, she was really upset about it. And Rolling Stone did, a, did an article about it and how she basically said that she was misrepresent, misrepresented in... Um, everything that she said. And I want Pat to talk about that and his response to it, because we both have kind of similar feelings on it. I don't believe that you need to identify as a feminist to be a feminist. And I think that's a really controversial topic because a lot of people say that if you're not, a, if you don't say you're a feminist and you're not a feminist, and I don't believe in that. I believe that if you follow a feminist model, even if you don't say that you are, I think that still makes you a feminist. You know, I, used to identify as straight edge and I still follow those beliefs. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do recreational drugs. I don't do drugs at all actually, but I don't identify as straight edge anymore because I don't think that I have to tell people something that I am to make it real. I don't have to say I'm straight edge for people to be like, Oh, do you drink? Do you not drink? You know? So I want, I want you to respond to that. What do you, what do you think? And also talk about how much you love Lana and the things that she does about you know feminism all right lana you know the sad girl of rock and roll as said by rolling stone you know she made her fortune and she made her fame off of kind of like the mainstreaming of the whole lolita complex you know she even has a song on boards and i calls lolita personally my top played in out of all my 67 Lana songs on my iPhone, which is funny because she only has about 60 release songs, maybe 50, <laughs> and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just a very devoted fan, as are all of her fans. You know, we're talking about somebody who is bringing back, single-handedly bringing back rock and roll, and the devotion, like, a devoted, the devotion of her fan base is so intense that we have people crying and passing out and getting tattoos with her face on their body like and we have this woman who is not only is supported by every gender every sexuality who kind of romanticizes volatile relationships and abuse and emotional abuse physical abuse and you know you would think why why would we support anybody like this? But this is a person who you have to realize it's a fictitious character. And there's a separation between Lana and who Lizzie is. You know, Elizabeth Grant, Elizabeth Woolridge Grant is her full name. And, you know, Lana, we sometimes forget, is just a projection of somebody else, an artistic vision, we can call it, who exists so Lizzie Grant can live, you know? And I think we sometimes lose sight of this, but then you have somebody who uh, contradicts her music and she sings about really sad themes and death and depression, the metaphysical a lot, um, drugs and love and a whole range of emotion. And we see her act so kind to her fans and kiss them on the cheek and always make sure that every fan is loved and that if you show up to a concert and you don't have a ticket, you're guaranteed a ticket. You're guaranteed to be put on the list for VIP sometimes. You know, she really has a very strong connection to her fans, which is why I think that I personally, I'm sure I can speak for a lot of other people, we feel that she actually cares about us, which is very rare in the music industry and even in such a super saturated media like today's that we have this woman who takes the time to make art for us. You know, she just released a new single called Love and she flat out said that this song is for my fans who feel that we're living in very troubling times, but, you know, they're not very different from what we've experienced before and that 
we will persevere and get through it because we are in love. Not maybe we don't have a significant other, but we're in love with each other and we're in love with her and we just understand the notion of love. And so even when it comes to, you know, she might not be an exemplary feminist, but she is a caring person. And, you know, I don't really believe that I do really actually, I do believe that (laughs) you can be a feminist and you don't have to identify with the word itself. I think that you can just believe in equality. And I think, of course, everyone should be assumed to be a feminist. And I think there is a lot of work to do. But I don't think that we should get on people just because, you know, maybe one time they said that they weren't a specific type of person. And, you know, years go by and we see Lana evolving from this dependent person from we see her evolving from the video games on Adele Ray you know it's you it's you it's all for you everything I do so we see you know honey we come to honeymoon her most recent album and and suddenly it's I don't need your money to get what I want I just want to get high by the beach I don't need you you know you're not like you're a convenience so we it's hard I think a lot of people do appreciate Lana too because we see evolution with her we see, like, we grow with her, and she allows us to grow, she allows us to grow with her, so, yeah. I just, I just agree so much with what you said, um, I was involved in a project where I was supposed to be, uh, an exemplary, exemplary, uh, feminist, and I was, I never identified with the word, which I know sounds really shitty because I'm running a podcast about women in music and I'm supposed to identify as a feminist. However, like I stated before, Pat and I were talking about Lana Del Rey. I don't believe in just because you say you're a word doesn't mean that you um, have to. I don't don't really know what I'm trying to get out with that sentence, to be honest. But (laughs) I'm basically saying that if I don't call myself a feminist, doesn't mean that I'm not a feminist. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't believe in equality. It doesn't mean that I don't believe in, you know, trans rights or gay rights. It doesn't mean any of that. You know, unless I've gone out and specifically said racist things or anti-LGBTQ things, I don't think that it should be assumed that I'm not a feminist just because I don't say it. Just like, um, I... (laughs) You can say, oh, you're not straight edge, but it's like I, if I follow a straight edge mentality and a straight edge life, who are you to say that I'm not? You know, Lana Del Rey saying that she's not a feminist doesn't mean that she isn't one, you know? just be, There's, Pat and I were just discussing this before. I said there's such a disconnect with the word feminism that I don't identify myself with. I can't identify as a feminist because of the word and how tainted it's become, and it's such a shitty thing because this generation has kind of destroyed it in a sense where it's so ridiculously hard to keep up with such a persona, essentially, you know, you have to censor yourself in every way, shape and form. And it's so fucking exhausting. You know, I understand that feminism is supposed to be about equality for men and women. I, I stand with that a hundred percent. I think that equality is our number one goal in life. You know, I believe in feministic ideals ideals, but I don't agree with people shoving feminism down your throat in such an aggressive way. You know, so many people, I know that they call them feminazis, and I think that that is such a horrible term, but in a way, I know where, I know where it comes from, because those people are so fucking aggressive. They're like, well, if you don't believe this, then you're a bad person. And it's like, no, just hang out for a second with me and understand my point of view. I think feminism comes from a good place, but also it's so defensive, you know? And like I said, just because I don't identify with a word doesn't mean that I can't follow it. And I think Lana Del Rey is the same way. She, and same thing, we were talking about Shailene Woodley. You know, she went around it, she went about it pretty pretty shitty, to be honest. She said, I don't identify as a feminist because I like men. Now, feminists are supposed to want to educate people on what feminism really is. So instead of getting mad at Shailene Woodley, like I know I did at first, but then I started to understand it's like we should be educating her on what feminism is, not bashing her because she doesn't understand it, you know? And she's pretty badass with all the stuff that she's been doing with, you know, the Dakota Pipeline access and everything. You know, I don't think that we should shit on people that don't understand what feminism is. I think we should try to teach them And if they choose to be ignorant about it, which basically they just, you know, choose not to listen to you, I think that's another issue. But if they really don't understand, 
we should be educating them. We shouldn't be shitting on them. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, um, feminism is a very broad term. And I believe that every, every single person should be a feminist. But I think that people take that word and they use it in a negative way and they call themselves feminists still. I think that people are allowed to make mistakes and people are allowed to evolve over time. And I think that we can't hold people accountable for something they might have said years ago or even if they say it today, you know, you can just, everybody has to have their own point of view. And that's what all, that's what makes us so special and such a special race, uh, like species, you know, because we all do, nobody's opinions are the same because nobody has the same emotions and I don't think that it's right for somebody to just say, they don't share the exact same opinion as me, so I'm going to call them out and tell them how terrible of a person they are. Because people absolutely have a right to believe whatever they want to believe. I mean, sometimes, you know, it might not be the most popular opinion, as we see with the entire presidential race (laughs) it's like um, when people say your feminism is bad and you should feel bad like i've seen that meme a million times and it's like i get i get where the meme comes from like certain ways of feminism is bad feminism like i've i've trashed um lena dunham a million times i trash hillary clinton all the time it's you know certain certain things about feminism are bad but doesn't that make you just as bad of a bad feminist that you're trying to call out instead of saying hey I would love to know why you think this way and say maybe we can work, like maybe, you know, we can share ideas and we can support each other instead of saying, you said that and now I'm just, that's all that's going to occupy my mind when I look at you. You know, you can't let one thing somebody said once kind of make, like, I I get what you mean. It's like, I I don't like Hillary Clinton for a number of reasons. It has nothing to do with uh, feminism and it has nothing to do with her being a woman. I just think that she would have destroyed this country almost as bad, if not worse, than Donald Trump. Uh, I don't like Lena Dunham because I think that, you know, she, I don't agree with a lot of things that she said. And, you know, I think as long as you're growing, I think that's part of I I think as long as you're growing, I think that's a good thing. You know, I've done and said a lot of stupid shit over the years. I've, especially like over the last couple of months, you know, I've done and said a lot of things that I regret that, but if you apologize and you can self-criticize yourself and, you know, correct it, I think that you're moving in a good direction. You know, um, I don't want to get too much more into it because we're getting a little off topic, but I just believe that, you know, as long as you're following a feminist agenda and as long as you're uh, fighting for rights of equality, it shouldn't really matter what you call yourself. You know, whether you call yourself a feminist or not, as long as you're following that, that, you know, that way of life, I think that you're okay in my book. You know, Lana Del Rey is okay with me, even though she says that feminism is boring. You know, she's pretty fucking feministic to me. Well, that's the, that was the issue with the entire article and the entire thing. We have a reporter, you know... I'm all all for free press, but everybody, there is no such thing as an unbiased point of view. There should be, but unfortunately there isn't, and that's just the way humans were made. So Lana is a woman who is self-made. She has had more than, she had many opportunities for her father, who was a very wealthy man, and she comes from a very wealthy family, for him to help her out. But no, she chose to go and live in a trailer park in New Jersey with her boyfriend for years and write. And she always, you know, her goal in life, like it says in the ride video, she wants to make her life into a work of art. And I believe like that she is on the right track to that because we have somebody who writes all their own music, has every hand in production and changed pretty much the pop formula with the song West Coast when she brought it to her record label and they said, why is the chorus slowing down? And she says, that's just the way I heard it. That's just the way I think it should be. And they said, well, we're not going to release it. And then she says, well, yes, you are going to release it because I'm not changing it. And they released it. And, you know, that was a defining moment in her career. We have somebody going from this very lush and thematic and cinematic sound of Born to Die with, you know, roses and drama and romantics. And we go from that to lo-fi ultraviolence and just pure, like, blissful rock and roll. And it's such a huge departure that people were so shocked by it. 
But, you know, this is a person, if she didn't stand up for herself and what she believed was within her artistic vision, that we would have been, we would have never had that, you know? And I think that's what happens in the music industry a lot. And that's why it's so important to have people like Grimes and Lana who they talk to their directors and, you know, they work with their producers instead of just having songs written for them coming in. Which not to say, you know, I'm all for people, you know, writing is not everyone's talent, you know? It's like, it's fine if you want, if people are getting songs written for them. Which is very impressive for people like Lana and Grimes to really have all complete creative control over everything they do and changing the music industry, which has always, always, always been a male-dominated industry. And then you have the rise of all these female artists, especially, and we're very fortunate to live through the time of it. So We're like, we were talking about um, even band, uh, artists like Sia and Charlie XCX, you know, who have written these bangers for other artists, you know, Charlie XCX wrote, um, I love Fancy, it. you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and I love, and she wrote, I love yeah. it, which I don't think anyone really realized until Charlie became more on the, the scene. And then Sia, who, who we both love, you know, she's written so many songs that probably a lot of people wouldn't yeah. even know that she wrote. And it's just, um, didn't someone write a song for, who wrote a song for Rihanna? I don't remember. I'm, everyone writes songs. Charlie wrote songs for Rihanna. Uh, Sia wrote songs for Rihanna. Yeah, they both have. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody's written for Rihanna. But Rihanna's another one, you know? I love Rihanna. We, we both love Rihanna. And, you know, I've said it I've said it a couple of times in, you know, another project that I worked in, uh, me and who I was working with at the time had said it, you know, Rihanna could have taken her being in an abusive relationship and been an advocate for domestic violence. And she just chose not to. And, you know, I think that's totally cool. I think that's Me fine. Too. And I love, I really love the way Rihanna expresses masculinity, masculinity through femininity and kind of completely turns the male gaze on its head and says, talk about Dick. Look at Dick. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. You know, like, treat men the way they treat women. And, that's why I really do think Rihanna is one of the biggest pop stars on the planet because this is a girl who gives no fucks. She's the original bad girl, you know? She rolls blondes on her security guard's head. She talks about donor strip clubs. She talks about dick. She talks about riding dick. <laughs> you know, she completely subverts the entire patriarchy and the entire music industry. And she might not write all of her own songs, but through her presence... You know, she's completely defying norms, and it's fantastic. I, I love everything that she does, like, from Rude Boy to the S&M song. Everything that she's ever done, just, you know, ever since Ponda Replay came out and Umbrella and all that stuff, she's really exploded into her sexuality and femininity. And just like you said, yeah. you know, she treats men in and rap music you know, the exactly. way that they treat women. And it's her sexuality, not her label sexuality, not like, oh, like back to Britney Spears, not them being, say, say you're a virgin, but wear this belly shirt and, you know, wear all these tight clothes. It's her personal style, which she expresses her sexuality through, and it's completely hers. It's not somebody else doing it, and I think a lot of people see that, and that's why Rihanna is such a gem and such a great you know she might say that she don't want to be a role model but she's my role model <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she is uh she is kind of a great role model in the sense where it's basically like you know if you're a woman you can do what men do you know especially um people like beyonce who again uh we were you were mentioning you know she talks about dick and everything yeah. beyonce's got that song rocket Rocket, Partition, Blow. Oh my gosh. Talking about, when she was talking about writing Partition, oh, I was shook. She has an entire song about cunnilingus. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, she has an entire song about getting eaten out. And talk about empowerment, you know? Well, then, you know, we should also talk about all the female masturbation songs. You know, Charlie has Body of My Own. Hot Haley Steinfeld, you know. Um, I don't know, what the fuck is that song called? Haley Stein. Oh, I Love Myself. I Love Myself. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, all these female masturbation songs, you know, Rocket by Beyonce is just all about, you know, coming. Yeah. It's really all it is about. It's like... But also telling women, be comfortable with your bodies, because women have grown up so oppressed, you know? A woman should always just, you know, 
be a prude and they should only be sexual when a man says it's okay or when a man is ready to be sexual. But, you know, God forbid you touch yourself and explore your own body. Exactly. Which, you know, men, when they grow up in, like, the, you know, even sex ed, like, you were taught, like, you know, it's healthy. It's, you know. But, but only you, for a man. Only for a man. And, but, like, you go and, like, you go to church and it's like, don't do it. Don't touch yourself. No sex before marriage. But we never say to women, you know, enjoy yourself. Like, explore your body. Know who you are. Sexuality, people might think it's not a large part. And people might say that I am not my sexuality. But, you know, it definitely is. And it's okay to be a sexual person. And that's why it's so nice to have people like Lana and Brianna and Lady Gaga expressing sexuality. Oh, for sure. Lady Gaga. We're just going to touch on her for a minute. Uh, Lady Gaga is incredible. Um, She has been a huge advocate for the LGBTQ uh, community. And Pat and I always talk about how, how great she is. And, you know, I've said it before, how she, she recently came out in an interview and said, I'm just, I just started saying no. You know, I'm not standing by that. I don't, that doesn't represent me. I don't like that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to that event. And she can go home with herself and she's so comfortable with herself. And, you know, I think a lot of backlash happened when she started making her own decisions. You know, Art Pop wasn't the greatest record. And, you know, we both, we both didn't really care for it that much. But you know what? I support her so much because she finally started saying, I'm not fucking doing that. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter if, a record might not live up to the hype, or if you you might love it, you might hate it, but you have to appreciate somebody who stands by their own artistry and stand and you know says that this is what I'm doing and that's final because when it comes down to it, her manager isn't the one getting on stage, her record label isn't the one making like being starring in her music videos. You know, it's not these other people interacting with her fans. It's her, and they. if she wants to be genuine, that's what I think all people should be. <laughs> it's funny because me and Pat have talked about this a numerous, numerous amount of times, how her career kind of took a nosedive after a little bit right before and after Art Pop, and we both don't really like Joanne that much, but you know what? I, I appreciate Lady Gaga so much. I like all the things that she advocates for. I like everything that she does. You know, it just goes to show that just because you don't agree or like someone's music doesn't mean that you can't support them, you know, in the, in the things that they do. Um, I was talking, me and Pat were talking about, um, I was talking about Miley Cyrus and all the problems with her, but she does the Happy Hippie Foundation. She does it with Laura Jane Grace, who I have mentioned in my last episode, and I talked about her book, Tranny. And how incredible she is. And also, we have a lot of problems with Miley Cyrus. We don't have enough time to get into it. But the Happy Hippie Foundation just really shows that, you know, you don't have to support somebody as uh, an artist with their music. But if they're doing something really good for the community, you know, power to them. And uh, I kind of want to touch on one thing that I mentioned to Pat before about Macklemore. (laughs) Because... Oh my god, I have so many problems with Macklemore. Like, who asked you to be the the voice of the LGBTQ it's community? Like, listen, I'm all for anybody who wants to support the LGBT community. And whatever they want to do, you know, I appreciate it. It's just... Who asked you? Alright, I know. It came from a good place. But do we need just another straight white man speaking for an entire community? No. You know... What it's not like we look at these people, the LGBT community doesn't look at these people and they say, "Oh, I can relate to them at all." No, that doesn't happen <laughs> because they're not like the LGBT community. You know, they don't know the struggles that we all go through, or how we don't have representation, and how we grew up not. That's why you know we get attached to a lot of these female artists who like because they exemplify strength and independence, and bravery, because they are a min- minority, as is the LGBT community, you know? Well, look at, look at Sam Love. Sam Love has so many problems because it's all stereotypical, you know? When I, when I was in the first grade, I thought that I was gay. My uncle was. Yeah. I could draw, and I kept my room straight. Tears I can't running draw. down my face. <laughs> I can't draw either, Macklemore. I, I can't draw, but I ain't, I ain't straight. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, that whole song is just stereotypical. I know he's like, a bunch of stereotypes all in my head. Yeah. Listen, I'm all for, you know, the support is enough. You know, just saying, you know, I'm we're here and we're present and we're listen and we're willing to work. We don't need people working for us. 
But he's like, but he capitalized with same love. That was capitalizing yeah, it, on the LGBT right. community. I mean, yeah, he definitely. I think it did come maybe from a good place, but you know, hopefully, I don't, I don't know that much in, about it, but like, hopefully, you know, some of the, a lot of those proceeds they did go to homeless shelters for LGBT youth or just for the fight for equality. You know, like if that went straight into his pocket, I can't agree with it. But you hoping that it went to a good place, you know? Yeah. Uh. So. That was really good. I'm glad we're ending on Macklemore. Allies, allies, allies are great. We love, uh, we love allies. Um, I'm so, I'm so happy that Pat came to me with this idea because I was really struggling for episode ideas. And he had said to me at dinner uh, last week, he said, "I'd really love to do an episode on representation as, um, as a, as a gay man." And you know, and he loves music. You know, it's something that we both have in common that we've always had in common that we both share a love for so greatly and the fact that he has different different genres of music that he knows more about than me and the fact that he loves female pop artists and feels represented by them is so cool to me and I'm so glad that he brought this idea to me and I hope that you guys enjoyed this and I hope that you guys learned a little bit um we're definitely going to be talking a lot more about certain stuff. Me and Pat are definitely going to do a couple more episodes together. We definitely want to talk about fashion and what it means to music and all of that stuff. Um, Pat's not going anywhere, so I hope you guys like him. Uh, I like him. Me so, <laughs> So um, that's really it. I'm going to be playing you guys another Air Sound song because their EP just dropped yesterday. And I, I want to... I want to play them for a couple of reasons. I've mentioned to you guys in the last episode that I played Air Sound that Alexa and I have a personal relationship. I've known her for a long time and she's always been really cool. But they had a song that came out. It was called Proud and they came out with a music video for it. And I didn't know this because I didn't really follow it. But Alexa wrote something on her personal Tumblr account about how people were kind of saying that she was bullying somebody. And I was so taken aback by it because as somebody that knows Alexa personally, I know that she would never bully anybody. And I know she would never intentionally hurt somebody, especially with her music, which is our outlet. So I wrote something in in um, defense of her. And I definitely wanted to play... I'm not going to play Proud. I'm going to play another song that's called Dangerous. It's from their EP that dropped yesterday, again, which was May 12th, the day that everything in music happened, apparently. It's from their EP called Layers. It's volume one. I think it's going to be a three-layer volume set. But this this uh, volume is definitely very hip-hop influenced, and it's really cool. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to Alexa and say that you are a really great human being, and I don't think that you would ever intentionally bully somebody. I love the song Proud. I love the video for it. I think it's really funny, and I don't see how anybody interpreted that as being a bully. So I'm going to play the song called Dangerous in a minute, but I just want to tell you guys where to find me, as always. Um, I have an Instagram, which is just Sam is Socks. I have the uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash rebelheartspodcast. I have Twitter, which is rebelheartsgirl. And yeah, that's basically it. Thank you so much, Pat, for uh, being my friend for so long and for coming out to uh, talk about all this stuff with me. It's been really cool. I can't wait to do another episode. Oh, thank you for having me. I really had a lot of fun. I love expressing my ideas. <laughs> and we'll definitely be doing it a lot more. Um, Stay tuned for, I'm going to be doing a song-by-song -song review of Paramore's After Laughter uh, at some point. I was going to do it today. I don't know if I'm actually going to do it today, but I'm going to be doing it, I promise. So look for that. And yeah, um, I'm going to leave everything in the show notes for you guys, anything that you want to look up. Um, and that's pretty much it. So without, without further ado, as I keep saying for some reason, this is Dangerous by Air Sound. Nobody but you and me, yeah We could be electricity